Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, Kevin, we're live. Oh, are we on right now? Yeah. Oh, welcome, everyone, to the uh, Flow Track Podcast. What happened was I X'd out the wrong window before we started, and then I rejoined the call, and now we're live. You guys didn't even know I disconnected, Gordon. Well, I, I will I take no responsibility for that. That is fully on Kevin. I and counted you back. down fully. I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about, man. No, I clicked. I clicked. I exited out is what happened. I clicked the wrong window i meant to close one of these results tabs and i close ours anyway we're here sounds good uh happy monday everyone uh, email the show comment on our youtube page subscribe if you can we're going to talk some results for the weekend we got milrose coming up this weekend and there's that's gonna be the, the big weekend this was kind of like the setup weekend the in-between weekend um of results but still a lot of fun stuff to discuss gordon uh good morning how are you sir doing good yeah a lot of Great stuff went down. Uh, did you watch football last night? I heard of it. Yeah, you heard yeah. of it. Yeah, you heard of football. I mean, this is. I mean, I know we're a track podcast and we're supposed to follow the track results, but the four NFL games over the weekend were like watching mm-hmm. an anchor four by four kick it <laughs> for the win four different times. It was incredible, yeah. um, especially the and then the Chiefs. Bill's game was like watching a Penn Relays four by mile when like, mm-hmm. they're in and out, in and out. Cause it was, it was wild. Um, yeah. That's all I got to say about that. I, I guess I was supposed to be watching track, but you know, NFL, they do their thing and they distract you. <laughs> yeah. And Tyree Hill just two wins away now from another Super Bowl. And you remember his conversion rate, one Super Bowl is 30 gold medals. So if he wins another one, 60. Someone would have to win 60 gold medals in order to catch Tyree Kill. It was funny. I was gold, watching. How many medals would you need to catch Tom Brady then? Oh, uh, he's won seven. Five? Seven? He's won seven? Uh, like 200. You need about 200. So speaking of track and football, I was, I was trying to prep for the show last night. 
and there was just under two minutes left in the Chiefs-Bills game, and it was fourth and 13. And I'm thinking, all right, this could theoretically be over in a couple minutes. They stop them on fourth down, they could run the clock out. And my wife texts me from the other room because she's putting our 10-month-old down and says, hey, can you move my laundry through? And I'm like, sure, because I'm thinking it's going to be over soon and we'll be good. After she sends that text, the Bills score, the Chiefs score, the Bills score again, the Chiefs score with 13 seconds left, it goes to overtime, and then the Chiefs win, and then she comes out, and she's like, what happened? I said, most unbelievable thing. You'll, you'll never believe it. And then I see that she's going to the laundry room. to change. I never changed the laundry is what I'm saying, and it felt like it was a year ago from when she asked me to text. Like, it totally, I got so engrossed in the game because, as you said, it was the most exciting 4 by 4 combined with the most exciting Olympic final you could ever imagine, back and forth and back and forth. Um, and now my wife won't talk to me. That's how that story ends. Hey, just do what you can. <laughs> just kidding. You got, did you get the laundry uh, change at least? You got the laundry no, change? No, she eventually? did it. it she did oh. it. That's what I'm saying. I didn't even think about it until I saw her go change the laundry. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you asked me to do that. But that was five scores ago. It was impossible. <laughs> and then my son, my, my other son, six-year-old, big Mahomes guy, but he's also a big sleeping guy. So he went to bed at halftime. The deal was, hey, you watch highlights in the morning if you go to sleep now. He's like, cool, I'll do it. I feel something on my body when I'm, I'm in bed. It's my son. He's like jumping on me. And he goes, dada, the Chiefs won. And I'm like, shh, because I didn't want to wake up his brother and sister. And then he walks out of the room. And then my wife wakes up and she goes, did you know it's four in the morning? My son woke up at four in the morning turned on the TV, found the YouTube highlights, and was watching them. <laughs> I thought it was 6.30 or something. It was 4 in the morning. He woke up. So he put him back to bed, and he was late to school. So the Sully household in disarray, <laughs> but I did have – once all that was done, I had time to prep for the show. So we got a lot of, um, a lot of college, a lot of high school stuff to talk about. Let's start first, Gordon. Uh, give me your thoughts on Nico Young, runs 402 at altitude. Beats Luis Cajalva, converts to about a 354. What do you think of his race? Yeah, first of all, it's interesting that Nico was a victor. It was billed as a Luis Cajalva sub four attempt, but Nico comes up with the with the win. Um, and I'm you, I'm kind of surprised. I look at Nico as not really a a speed guy. Mainly, I guess, mainly because the way he looks when he runs, he doesn't really have that like looks tired. It's like that kind of. Yeah, he looks tired. He has like that Connor Mance type feel where you're like, is this guy going to be able to hold on? And then he does. And the fact that Nico's able to do something like this really opens your eyes to think that he is developing the right way to be a great 5,000 meter runner eventually. Because if you want to be a good 5,000 meter runner in the US, in the world, you need to be a great miler because... It's it's not an endurance event. It is basically a, a tactical sprint event these days, with just two miles of warm up. Um, so I was surprised, and I think it definitely shows that Nico has taken another step. And he he took the first step last year of like all right, running a, a a strong time in the thirteen twenties. Yeah. And now this is the next bigger step to show like all right, you got to develop that speed and. Looks like he's done it. I mean, we'll see if that translates to a sea level type speed because it is an altitude conversion. 
because what was it was 402 which converts to 354 so we'll see what he would have done on a on a uh, non-elevated track but hey i think it what he when he juxtaposed this race with the race that wesley kiptu ran in his home meet he ran like a 401 mile wesley mm-hmm. kiptu got like third or fourth in his race and so when you think about flash forward to a, a 5000 nca final you have kiptu who's coming off a 401 mile speed yeah and nico young coming off a 354 mile speed you may slowly start thinking nico might have an advantage in a tactical 5k or just like a, a strong 5k race grass cross country that throws everything out the window so i'm still putting my eggs in the baskets of a kip two and a few others mm-hmm. up top but if nico young is able to continue this nico young is going to go from hey you can finish third to six to all of a sudden no you're going to win mm-hmm. we don't have cole hawker and cooper tier in the ncaa anymore with that fast mile speed so this is a path for Nico Young. Because it's an altitude conversion, are you more impressed with the time that he ran or the fact that he beat Grijalva? What's more notable to you? I think the fact that he beat Grijalva. Grijalva is an Olympic finalist. Didn't he make the Olympic final? Yes. Did he? Yeah. He straight up beat an Olympic finalist in the 5K. Grijalva was, you know, less than sec- like inches or seconds away from beating Cooper Tier. In the NCAA outdoor final, Cooper Tier, a guy who gets fourth at the Olympic trials, like he's putting himself into categories with men who are legit up and coming talents. And if like he's doing that, you got to think this might be his year where he is the one running the 1315s. He's the one in it with, you know, 800 to go in the US championships. It seems and potentially going up against the Barrowman guys. And, you know, now Cooper Tier might have someone in lane one with him when it comes down to that final home stretch of that 5K. Because, mm-hmm. you know, remember the Olympic trials, Cooper Tier was all by himself, or the Barrowman boys and Chalimo were out in lane 12. Hey, <laughs> now uh, maybe Cooper Tier will find some uh, company with Nico Young in 2022. Yeah. For the 5K, there's the different levels of speed that you need to have. There's that mile speed, that 354, but then there's all that is going to help or the the 350 speed would be even more helpful. But then there's also the, can you close in 55, 54 type speed, which is is the next level beyond that. Because being able to run 354 is great, but if people are still all together there with the 400 to go or 600 to go, can you reach that? that top end and I re- yeah I really want to see young now in a 5,000 because this obviously indicates that he's going to run a really fast 5,000 just off of pure strength and then you add in that technical element that closing speed and and we'll see Nagus countered though with a, a regular 354 an actual 354 not a converted 354 uh, how do you see the state of the 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 men's mile right now in the NCAA well, I think the state of the men's mile is, I think, non-existent because I don't believe Nico Young is going to run the mile at NCA indoors. Kirian Lum, who ran 355, I could see him not running the mile. And I could see Yair Nagus not running the mile. Mm-hmm. 
the mile sometimes doesn't get the best of the best because they have this DMR. And I think Nagus has been notorious for being, I'm doing a DMR 3K, DMR 3K. And I yeah. think Kerry and Lum might think the same thing. Well, you know, you dub DMR and 3K. Now, maybe things will change, but that's what's interesting about kind of watching the mile over, you know, a week over the entire span of the indoor season. Yeah. It's like, are we actually going to see all these guys go up against each other in March, or are they all going to go a different direction, run an 800, run a DMR, enter the 5K instead type stuff? Yeah. Like, Nico's not doing a mile, right? He's going to do the 5K, 3K. Like, And Nagus, what does he have left to prove in the mile anyway, right? He's already won the 1500. He's already, he, he's like, why is he even in college, right? Why is Gary Nagus in college? And I think it's purely out of, you know, camaraderie with his teammates. So he's yeah. not going to sacrifice his DMR ability for a mile when he's already won enough NCAA titles. So yeah, I can see these great milers just all be like, nope, not this year. And then uh, someone else comes in. So that's my reaction. Yeah. So he had a lot of fast marks in the 15 last year. He got in a lot of fa fast races, but also – the 1500 just switched off of tactical mode and went to three and three fourths all out mode in 2021. But indoors, I, mean, this is, I think this is fastest. This is an indoor PR, obviously, for him, but also just how many opportunities has he had to take a really big swing indoors and to open with a 354? I think that, I mean, again, I don't know if they're going to cut him loose and say, hey, do, do the mile this year. Forget about the DMR. I don't think that's what. Notre Dame believes in, but I mean, outdoors, I think he wants to get his title back. And I think this positions him obviously as, as the favorite. Yeah. I believe he's running the Milrose mile, right? He is. I just had that start list out. Let's see. Milrose mile. No, huh? he is not. The only collegian I see on here right now is Mario, Mario Garcia Romo. The only oh, interesting. Here. So maybe he was going to do it, and then he decided to do this 354 instead. That's interesting. Let me look at the 3000. No, he's not in 3000 either. Man, this 3000 is built for this is like the Gordon Mack 3000. This is like all I the know. people Gordon is interested in Drew Hunter, Wesley Kiptu, Luis Grijalva, Nico Young, your guy James West, Morgan Beatlescum, Cooper Tier, Jordy Beamish, Sam Parsons, John Gay. Jamie Hernandez, Charles Hicks from Great Britain, Cole Hawker, newly, Connor Mack. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that that's, is... that's basically my, that's been my dream race. And it's not the same though, when they're not in college, I'm just going to say it, right? It's, it's weird. Once it's like, you know, when you're a high school senior to all of a sudden a freshman, it's just like the, the aura and the newness mm -hmm. of it kind of fades away. Same thing here. When you're a 22-year-old senior representing a college, it's very different from being a 23-year-old representing a random uh, shoe deal. So, Yeah, but it's your guys. They're your guys. It is my and guys. You, yeah, you got some guys that you covered at the beginning of your career, the guys that you covered recently. Guys you didn't know what country they ran for. It's fun. Guys that had the worst DQ called on them in history and James West. You got, you, got a, you got a cool group here. Guys who nobody knew about until you were banging the drum on. Like Kip too. It's exciting. Yeah. A 3K will be fun.
Mile more. Mile has more like legit star power because you got Josh Kerr in there. But the the men's the men's three is interesting for followers of collegiate track over the past couple of years. What about Ole Miss? How did Ole Miss counter here? We know that they're stacked this year in the men's mile. Yeah, so Ole Miss, I, I they had three guys run sub four in the same race. Uh, James Young, who's a D two transfer, uh, Bracken and Elkins. Elkins was like kind of a guy out of nowhere. But three guys run sub four in the same race. But here's the thing. They have nine other guys who probably are on the verge of also breaking four in 2022. I mean, led by Garcia Romo, who will do it at the, yeah. you know, the Wanamaker mile. You go on and on down the list. But the fact that I'm able to project out, okay, three guys, yeah, well, I can see nine others also because of those nine others – I think six have already broken four in their career. And the other mm-hmm. three are like 401 to 404 guys. So it's I'm just bringing this up. It's going to be insane. When, when it comes to March 15th, the end of the indoor season, and you mm-hmm. see Ole Miss's roster where their 12th man is 359, it's going yeah. to be wild. Do they have somebody who could win the individual mile, or do you think this is all – a play for DMR. I mean, Mario Garcia Romo could win the individual mile, but will he do that? Will he just focus on, you know, doing what the goose is doing, doing a DMR 3K? James Young, I'd say, is the wild card guy who could win the mile because mm-hmm. he's won a mile before. He won the mile yeah. in Division Two. So he uh he won, he won outdoor 1500 in D2 in 2021. He won um, the indoor mile in D2. So he has the championship racing experience. Again, it's against D2 competition. Yeah. He's a 337, 1500, 357 miler. Clearly has the talent and he knows race tactics. I could yeah. see James Young, the D2 guy from Academy of Art, now at Ole Miss being the sleeper mile champion for Ole Miss. All right. I would avoid Nagus in the 3K. We can't. The 3K's at the end, so everyone does it. Well, I'm saying. There's no point avoiding it. I'm saying I would go mile before I went 3K if I had a chance for both. Or if I had equal shot in both. Because of what you said. How On the men's side and the women's side, the mile really opens up. Throughout the season. And I know yeah, but- the DMR, that takes you out of DMR, but what's the difference? If if they have this many guys this close together, what would they be giving up? Especially if you know a DMR is going to go tactical, maybe your best guy time-wise isn't your best kicker. Well, no, it just, it just comes down to if you're Ole Miss, do you want to you, – your ceiling is second if Nagus is in the race and you don't race Mario Garcia Romo because you know you're not going to beat Nagus. But if you put Mario Garcia Romo in the race, your ceiling could be first because you could see. I mean, Garcia Romo is three thirty-five guy. He he's he's at that level. So yeah, I don't know. But then you also could get more points because then you could put Garcia Romo as a fresh miler, get another ten there, and then get second in the DMR. That's eighteen points, and then find more points here and there, and they could potentially become a 
a sneaky podium contender. But do they care about that or do they care about we want to win this one race? Everything else don't matter. I don't know. Yeah. Because it's the proxy for cross country for track. The, D- the yeah. DMR is. It takes on much bigger value because it's it's a team title, even though it's one event at a larger meet. But it's just a way to show strength. I'm looking at your rankings. I want to see your DM. Where are your DMR rankings? Where are these? Where are these rankings? Field, distance, relays. Here we go. So you have Notre Dame, Ole Miss, Texas, Villanova, NAU. Because I'm thinking about Nico Young. And I'm thinking, you brought up the comp to Mance, but is the comp Fisher? Is that a better comparison? And if it's Fisher, he ran a lot of miles in 1500s and DMRs. Yeah. No, no, no. Where are you going with this? You just like change subjects all of a sudden. Yeah, it's what I do. Does he does he run the DMR? Is what I'm thinking. No, Nico won't run the DMR. He'll do five three. Who else? He'll run the them? DMR to qualify the team, which is what you do. Uh, the anchor, Theo Quacks, Brody Hasty. The the reason I say it is because if well, you're just anchor with in- like a three fifty eight guy, which won't win, but hey, it can get fourth. You know, I'm just saying if you're using indoors to set up outdoors, which is the vibe I got with Fisher all the time, you're just sharpening indoors, put them in a mile, have them run the relay It's you know, keep things you, you, you can develop while still having fun and enjoying and not necessarily having to run a bunch of 5Ks all year. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him DMR 3K is what I'm saying. You know better than I do because you you're 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 plugged in, let's say the NAU program, but I think it would be a cool change of pace. Throw him in that, throw him in the DMR. I'll, I'll text Mike. Be like, yo, put Nico in the DMR. Hopefully it goes better than your text to coaches last week. Uh, yeah. He'll just send me eyes emojis. Like what? This week's edition of, but no, if you're thinking long-term with this, with this, with this athlete, I guess a national title is a national title, and you're going to go all in wherever you can to try to get one. But I'm just thinking, hey, it's not it's not the strangest idea if a guy runs 354 to let him let him anchor. Plus, Nico with a, a, a rolling start, too. I mean, that was Nico from, a, <laughs> uh, you know, out the blocks. Guy's going to get better when he gets the baton moving, too. Got oh, momentum yeah. on his that's side. Right here. It's, I don't know. Good. That's, like, that's like three seconds right there. Yeah. Women's side of things in the NCAA. Let's see. Uh, Julian Alfred, Abby Steiner, they ran the top two times of the year in the women's 60. Gordon, Alfred has been good for a while for Texas. Uh, Abby Steiner, we already know how good she's been so far this year, but this was a great race for her dropping down in, in distance. Yeah. Steiner, I mean, she's can go all the way up to a good four by four split. Um, so for her to be in that mix is pretty good, but she's not going to be able to get up there with the Alfreds and the um, Kemba Nelsons of this world who are going to be, when all comes down to it, running sub 710 in an NCAA final. And uh, Alfred, she, is she American? I uh, no. Let me see. 
think it's let's see saint lucia oh saint lucia okay um 20 years old i remember i lost track of time because they canceled seasons but her first year at texas I, I don't remember when that was now but i remember she ran a really good 60. yeah she ran 7 10 in albuquerque in january 2020. True. yeah yeah so 7 10 yeah. again now it converts up for qualifying purposes but whatever we don't need to worry about that right now she's going to be in the meet it's not going to be a big deal but it goes up to 7 12 and steiner goes up to 7 19 there but 710 even at altitude talked about how rare a sub a sub seven is so if you're getting in that 710 and under range you're in you're an elite company and that's fast enough to win the into the title this year so any other women's results either distance sprints or otherwise um there was a couple women that ran pretty well um high level wise i mean Emily uh, Mackey now has the top time in both the 800. McKay, not Mackey, McKay. Emily McKay now has a top time in the 800 and the mile. She ran a 204 converted time at Lehigh um, two, last week. And then this week, she ran a 432 mile at Penn State. Um, she's kind of like an unknown now. I mean, her yep. PBs are... Nothing too crazy, right? She ran a 417, 1500. Uh, mm -hmm. But 432 mile, that's getting near there. I mean, she might be like that that random wild card potentially. You would think other women are going to eventually start dropping down into the mile, run some quicker times. But, yeah. hey, how many times can you say you're the fastest half miler and miler in the nation in January? It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, she's kind of like a – I mean, and she – She's been good. Like she ran 50, she was 52nd at cross country. She's run a 15, 45 K. So she's not too out of the blue. Um, mm -hmm. And then, I mean, there was nothing else too crazy, to be honest. It's been kind of like, it was a little bit down on the women's side. I'm looking at some of the other events. Ooh, no, there was something good. Uh, Shay Tao. I don't know how to say his name. Shay Taewow. Is that how you say it? How do you spell it? She is a weight thrower for Ole Miss. And I think she ran like a – she ran – I think she threw a top mark all time. So I'm going to look it up. So weight throw. She threw 24 meters and 11 – 24.11 meters, which is good for seventh all time. So she mm -hmm. threw the seventh weight throw all time in collegiate history. Mm -hmm. So you're for all your weight throw fans out there, which is a there very is. specific community. Congrats <laughs> uh, to Shay Towel of Ole Miss. There was a good uh, four by four too at Texas Tech with Kentucky and Kennedy Leitner running down Houston and Texas. Split 44 6, I believe. Um, outside of the colleges, Tampa Eagle in the chat mentioned that he said, didn't someone run 708? Yeah, Mary Beth Sant, Sant Price, excuse me, 708 in Lubbock. Again, if you want to have an idea of the conversion, you could go to 710. But she sits at the top of the yearly list with the 708. Might get into my rankings now, Gordon. Might get into my top 10 women's 60 rankings of the year. 
with that performance. Pretty good. I think the race, though, of the day had to have been the college kid, right? Not the college, the high school kid. Oh, the race of the weekend. Yeah, I think it, yeah. yeah. Let's go to the colleges, and then we'll go back to the, the pro results here. Yeah, this was one of those races where you're like, hmm, am I seeing the beginning of something special here? Because you get, I don't know. And, and when high schoolers run against other high schoolers, just like when four by four legs run against inferior four by four legs, sometimes it, it kind of skews what you're seeing. Um, but this was, this was a special, special run here. So you have from, um, from high school, Nicholas Harbor, he was 20.79 at Texas Tech. He's 6'5", 225, football player. And you can see on the clip, if you're watching with us on YouTube, just how fast and effortless he looks for someone that size. It was brought up after. I didn't even notice that in the first clip. wasn't even using blocks for this 200. Uh, that mark puts him uh, way up there on the collegiate all-time list. Or sorry, high school all-time list. Number four all-time he plays, I looked him up in terms of football, plays a bunch of positions. Like defensive end is one of them, but also plays wide receiver. He's listed as an athlete in terms of how he's being recruited out of, out of high school. And obviously with that athleticism and size, you can guess why. But I think you're right. This was the overall performance of, of the week, just in terms of, wow, what are we watching here? Yeah, I mean, 6'5", 225, like... To get that type of body around a track, an indoor track, mm -hmm. is very hard. Like, that that curve can kill you if you're that big and that tall. Mm -hmm. And for him to, and to just do it with such ease, it makes you think, what could what is his potential? Mm -hmm. And it also makes you think, are we ever really going to see his potential, right? Mm -hmm. If he's going to be a highly recruit, I'm not sure how good his, what his rating is in, in football. Five there's stars. a chance that he's five. Okay. So... There's a chance this might be the only thing we ever get to see of him, right? Like after this year, he's going to be focused on football and then track is out the window because you got to make sure you get recruited and then you join the team in the spring and all this stuff and it's, and it's over. And it's kind of like, this is going to be a big, like, what if, like, what if he said he wants to do track in college. And I know a lot of people say that and those always happen. Yeah, exactly. And, I watched an interview where someone asked, well, how important is the, the track program to you? Like, do you need to go to a top tier track and football program? And he basically said, no, because he, he said, and he's correct. He's like, in track, you know, and if you're really good, one person can, can make a big difference. And if I go there, maybe other people will follow. So he hasn't completely excluded track the way some top high school football players have. But you're right. We know from history that it's difficult to juggle both. I just know if you are the 53rd man on a roster, you're making more money than being a top five runner in the world. Yeah, correct. Let me say that again. If you're the, the lowest paid player on an NFL team, you're making more money than being a top five runner in the world. So yeah. I think... He's got a. He's gonna end up making like a financial decision, and be like, hey, yeah. what? 
avenue is best for, you know, my career. And from us, we're gonna be like, hey man, we wanna see we wanna see the the young stars become great and see what these, all this potential can be. Some people, mm-hmm. I mean, you wrote in the rundown, is he the next bolt? I mean, I don't know. Maybe he could be He's Paul big and makes running a 200 on an indoor track look easy, but maybe we'll, we'll never know. And it always makes you think about these moments of because we have such a diverse opportunity of sport among mm-hmm. our youth and our high school kids. Are we always seeing the true best of the best in track and field because they're getting pulled away to basketball, to football, to mm-hmm. hell, golf? I don't know. Maybe not golf, but <laughs> soccer, right? So you almost, you almost we were just, there. We never know. <laughs> you never, uh, Tiger Woods, you probably could have ran a good quarter mile. I don't know, right? I did not write that sentence in the rundown, and I think Travis did it just to just to trigger you. I did look up because you know you're always curious and you forget about how, well how good was Bolt, and this is outdoors, but when he was 17, 20.13, and then we obviously know Arian Knighton outdoors last year, 1984. They were using blocks. They were outdoors, not quite exactly the same thing as Harbor, but give you just a point of comparison i think we'll actually see him run in a couple college meets again it may not be the full-fledged season that we want to see from him but because they have to be in college for a couple years before they go in the nfl and i think a lot of these athletes they're just competitive they're not necessarily thinking about the long-term future they're in college they have friends friends on the track team hey come on see see if you can run or someone just goads them a little bit to get out there and and race and and he's going to want to get in a race i mean i just think i just think with um with the i mean he's a junior too so we get one more year of him in high school now maybe he stops doing it his his senior year entirely just to focus on football but i would bank on us seeing him a couple more and he's a like he's run aau before he's not a guy who is football only like his whole life and then he just gets thrown into a track meet his junior or senior year and it's like oh yeah i'm fast too like he's grown up with track it's part of him so i think that might lend itself to him running fast but you just see and and he's not there i want to you know he's not there yet but like when you're watching the game yesterday and you watch tyree kill you see what elite track speed looks like on a football field and if this kid makes it that far in in football you know i I think you'll see that as well too like there's a difference between somebody who can run 20.1 and somebody who can run 21.5 you know you can be really good in high school running 21.5 in a lot of states and you get a lot of people talking about you and saying that you have elite speed or you run 10.5 or 10.6 elite speed but there's a big difference between that and what the legit track speed guys who play football bring to the table and you see it with guys like Hill. Yeah, if this kid was on that uh, that Bills defense, potentially Hill doesn't <laughs> score that touchdown, and we're all, yeah. you yeah. know. Still can't believe that game. Still tune. thinking about it. Yeah, still a crazy game. The, anyway, where the comp where the comp comes in, I think, is the height, because you see six yeah. five, and then and then people, any tall sprinter now, people are going to say bolt, bolt doesn't matter, bolt. Because, I mean, Arian Knighton, 
I mean, 1984. I think we forgot about that, Gordon. That's true. 1984 at at 17. That's nuts. I think it's, it's he's cool how he did it. He's he smoked the field. He was in like heat 40. <laughs> like <laughs> the guy runs 2079 and he's in heat 40. Typically, yeah, he should be in heat. He should have been in the heat one. <laughs> but like, what if you're like? They, they, might, they probably give out kids. like an do they give like a medal or an award to like the winner of the two hundred, and they know it's seated mm-hmm. fast to slow. So when yeah. you know the people who were like after like the the first if there's forty five heats, and you're yeah. leading after what heat do you be like I don't need to watch like do you like all right five heats have gone by, no one is yeah. going to beat my time now like heat six seven the the that just so then you feel like you just go home that day. You'd be like, I won the 200. The person who thought they won the 200 was probably already home in their hotel or in their living room <laughs> eating Cheetos. And yeah. then they wait, wait a minute. What? Who is this yeah. guy? Heat 40, yeah. 2079. Damn, I thought I won. So, Yeah, that's a lot. Whatever he decides to do. I, I, he's in, oh, in yeah. high school. Hope he, hope he has a lot of fun and has a long and healthy career in whatever sport he pursues. You see that, that level of talent though. It's, it's fun to watch in other high school news, Newberry parks, Colin Solomon ran four Oh five in the mile. That was outdoors. what do you think of his race score? Well, he did solo. There was no rabbiting. It was just him. Uh, and pretty good. It's pretty good. It's kind of sad that we look at the time like, yeah, it was kind of not, you're like, you could have been better. He's he's turning four oh five into uh, like a rust buster bad race, which is kind of wild. Uh, that was my well, first no. reaction when I saw that. I was like, oh, he's run four oh four, ran four oh five. It wasn't that good. And I'm like, wait, no, wait, wait, what am I saying? High school kid just ran four oh five in January. That's good. Well, and if you're saying, but we're so used no. to seeing like, I'm saying we're so used to seeing people like Hobbs Kessler run three fifty seven and. In February, yeah. and we're like, hey, no, you gotta, you wanna impress us now. You gotta be an all time great. Well, and if you're saying no help on it either, that makes obviously a huge difference. Yeah. Not that we haven't seen fast high schoolers run solo times that are really good, but where were, where were the teammates? He definitely has teammates to pace him. Where were they at? Well, one of them was not in it because he wasn't at the meet. Another teammate ran the 800, another teammate ran the 3200, and then the other teammate ran the mile, but finished like 409, finished like 460. Okay. Ah, the old 405-409 high school combo. Not bad. Not bad. I'm sure they ran good. I'm sure the 8 and the 32. I mean, remember, too, this is January for high school kids. This is still a long ways to go. Yeah. And... California, where they're not used to competing really during this time of year. Yeah, you saw Nico Young go to Milrose, but and they do some indoor track in some corners of California. But in general, it's not what they're doing in California during January. They're not used to being race sharp. So this is an impressive result. You're you're correct. The expectations are high because with him, it's not a matter. People are thinking not a matter of if, but when he's going to do it. But still, 405 solo is pretty good. I'm assuming they've been training really hard through this point of the season. 
Um, pro news, I guess the biggest pro result, we talked about Mary Beth Stamp Price in that 60, but outdoors, Christina Boma ran 22.3. Uh, we got the video of that. The, she just blows everybody away, so you don't really have any perspective on the rest of the field here. Also, if you get a chance, watch this Watch this clip with the audio on because the commentator is amazing. He yells, it's Boma. I counted five times in a row for the almost the entire curve. He just yelled, it's Boma. Uh, but that shot, you don't really see where everybody else is, but obviously a huge victory for her. What do you... First of all, what do you think of the performance? And then second of all, running outdoors during indoor season. I get why some parts of the world do that. If the weather's great, hey, why not do it? But do you like it? Do you dislike it? Do you think it's an advantage, disadvantage, or doesn't really matter? I think it doesn't really matter. I think this has been going on since the day of time that athletes run outdoor. I mean, Australia does it right there. They do yep. like a big old like tour. They do like a big old series and circuit during what we call yep. indoor season, but outdoor. Um, I think just not everyone treats indoor like it's a real thing. And I think a lot yep. of people outside of US and outside of Europe are like, nah, sorry, this is just low key season. It's not off season. Yep. It's just low key season where we go to low key meets, run some rust busters, run 22.3. Against a bunch of random yeah. women and uh, call it a day. So um, I don't think there's any advantage or disadvantage to any of it. You know, I mean, a lot of times these races are just glorified practices in a way because there's no stakes. Yeah. And people work out on outdoor tracks during indoor season. Like people are doing mm. th a 300 time trial on a 400 meter outdoor track in Florida right now. Like that ha is happening. People are doing mile workouts right on outdoor tracks like people don't mm -hmm. people work out on outdoor tracks all year long and yeah. sometimes they run these you know low-key fake races on outdoor tracks as well i don't think it's anything to do with like it's indoor you must stay inside you know yeah so. yeah what did you think about emboma's performance um i don't know what to think of it right it's so weird to have like a fast sprinter running outdoors in January, right? It's like typically sprinters just kind of keep to themselves up until, you know, April when they're, or March when they're ready to show off. So, um, I mean, she's starting off where she left off, right? With a, a strong mm -hmm. 200, get ready for to ratchet it down over time to see if she can um, compete with Elaine Thompson hurrah in, in the summer. I don't know if she's mm -hmm. going to. We'll see. Uh, but you, ha when you look, when you really think about it, she is the one with the big, the highest ceiling, right? Because she's younger, she's newer to the sport. Yeah. So you have to think yeah. like she's not maxed out for sure. Mm -hmm. Like there's definitely another level she's going to go to, and it's a matter of will she or how far, how high is that level? So we'll find out. Yeah, it's a long way to answer saying no comment. I don't know. Right. So twenty two thirty in January. What what am I supposed to do? Well and you're you're coming off of a silver medal season, but the person who won gold was just incredible. And you're like, well, Elaine Thompson Raw looked almost unbeatable. So
So is the standard, you know, is the only way she improves if if Thompson Haral falters, or is it possible that Mboma could just make up that gap? Because if you're making up the gap on someone running as quickly as Thompson Haral, you're basically saying, hey, you need to run the world record to to beat her. And then you wonder, hey, can someone from that group that was behind her catch her? You know, can Gabby Thomas, can Dean Asher Smith, Shawnee Miller Weibo if she runs it, Brad Shelley and Fraser Price, can someone from that group move up? I'm yeah, I'm fascinated in the women's two this year i hope a lot of people run it and a lot of people run it fresh so we get a good gauge on how how deep that event actually is because yeah you, you could see you could see something happening with thompson raw where she just doesn't decide to she doesn't even decide to run the two it's not as if every yeah. sprinter always doubles and then it's just wide open from boma um yeah okay um Question from, well, Tampa Eagle says there's a full Milrose entry list up. Yes, it's up. Uh, Tariq asks, here's a question for you, Gordon. What will the cutoff be for Indoor Nationals 800? 147, 7, 148 flat. Talking about top 16 here. What do you think it will end up being? Set an over-under here, Gordon. I'll tell you. Hold on. Let me open up my trust handy-dandy Excel sheet, and I'll tell you what the standard's going to be. It will be. Hold on. Give me. Oh, you caught, caught me off the guard. I'm, how am I supposed to have this memorized? Okay. 800, six, top 16 go, right? One. Well, yeah. I didn't mean look up on a spreadsheet. I meant just go off the top of your head using your years of expertise and help Tariq out here with a prediction. I think the cutoff will be 148 flat. All right, I think, and that's a guarantee. So make sure sure you at him next year. What was it last next this season? Oh, let me see. Performance list indoors. Get it? I don't know. Where's the the archive of these things? Last year is one forty eight five nine. And I so one forty eight flat seems reasonable. Yeah, it'll probably be more like one forty eight three, but I think it's gonna be one forty eight. Kids are running fast. That's what I'm going. Yeah. Okay. So not the 147 high that he thinks. No, no, still no, get no. It. It's indoor. People kind of 800 indoor. It is. Is there'll be some people who can figure it out, but then there's a lot of people who are like I just I only can run 148. I I can run 146 outdoors, but I only can run 148 indoors. I don't know why. So. Mm-hmm. Well, your key is you got to go out fast and then maintain yeah, and then the fastness. Yeah. That's my favorite race analysis. You got to go out hard here and just maintain and then kick home. Get out hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah but then, but then you got to maintain. Say, take it easy. Don't run. Just like get out slow. Step, step two is maintain. That's the part that's the best part because it's like go, go out fast and stay fast and then kick hard. And then you win every race you run in. That's probably, that was probably the advice to Harbor over the weekend. Get out hard in that 200, maintain, and then finish hard. Uh, if you got any other questions, throw them in the chat. We had the coldest marathon run, Gordon. Did you see this in uh, Siberia? Yep. Got this in the rundown I did here. not see this. Tell me about this. Negative, negative 53 Celsius, which is negative 63 Fahrenheit. The winner for the men ran 322. 
the photos are great. If you click on the the link and scroll through some of these pictures, it just you get cold reading it. And then the fastest women's time was 4:09. I think when I see this, I think, well, I would never want to do this. However, I would never want to be a negative 53 in general. So running a marathon actually doesn't seem that bad because I would need to do it to stay warm. So just in terms of full on survival, this is, this is like an appealing moment to run a marathon because they have pictures of people spectating. Cole, go back to the article. You can see, and they don't even look like they're wearing that heavy of coats. Like I would be wrapped in, in everything. You pull up that article, Cole. Oh, there's a video of it too here. I mean, moving pretty good here. That's that's pretty solid in terms of, but like, look at those people. They got the big hats on that you're used to seeing over there in Russia, but they're just watching. Like watching seems, this is the only marathon where watching seems harder than running. Why would they do this? This makes, <laughs> why? Like, what, what do you, like, I can see, like, all right, I want to exercise, so, and it's cold <laughs> out, and I just got to get it done. But, like, do you need to run a full-ass marathon? You're not getting anything from the, you're not getting any extra, like, aerobic or physical benefit from running a marathon in negative 50 degrees versus no, running, like, for the 10 miles in negative 50 degrees. Because your pace is slow that, like, you're not, we're not running five minute mile pace here. You're just running. Look at this guy's face. It's ridiculous. Look how much snow is on him. And are you, do you get hot or cold? That's what I'm, because you're wearing so many layers uh, and your yeah. body is heating up. So you're probably like mm -hmm. really hot, but then you can't take it off because then your, your skin will freeze. It's, yeah. It's like, What's you know, the it's conversion like the factor. The conversion? Once you get all those clothes off, and you run in just shorts and a t-shirt. It's got to be worth several minutes over the course of a marathon. And how thick are your gloves? I mean, what's... And then they're running in snow boots probably too, right? What's the conversion when they put on those alpha flies? I don't know. <laughs> That's true. Maybe they have what's the conversion? fiber snow boots. What's the conversion when it's not ice on the ground? Because it looks like there was yeah. ice on the ground. It's snow on the ground. So like where you actually can not have to stutter step with your jog because you're afraid you're yeah. going to fall. Like that woman in that viral news clip where she was running on snow and then fell that's what i was thinking do you, i just do you think why do you think these the, the winners are top 10 marathoners do you think these are actually are they hiding in plain sight these could be top 10 marathoners if they ran in it could be even if they ran in negative negative six what's the do you think you could tell the difference between negative 53 and negative 23 no i could not what do you think Ilya kipchoge would have ran in that race in those conditions 206. He would not run 206 <laughs> in negative 53 degree weather on snow. He would not. That's not happening. All it's you would true. see, he'd be he'd be covered just like all those guys are. You'd just see the smile though the entire time. He would just be bouncing along. Uh what would Kipchoge run in negative 53? You also think about I mean, the footage. He'd, he'd, he'd put on different shoes. Maybe he'd put on those yak track things that people put on when they when they have to go in the snow maybe he'd put those over his alpha flies i mean he'd run sub three for sure if this guy ran 320 
That's true. But he won't run 206. Yeah, that was a, like, that was a joke. In order to run 206, you need to be like in like a But like what it What's like the time he could run where like he's he doesn't need to be floating and like I don't know. Also like how, yeah. I don't know how your body re- how does your body react to that? Like Well, okay, here's the surprising thing cuz I'm thinking, all right, if it's all run by locals who live there all the time, do they actually run It's the not going to feel warm. But they're used to it. But then I read the article, and there's people who came from the Middle East to run this. There's people who came from the United States to run this. And there's nowhere in the United States as cold as this. This is known as the coldest place on Earth. They call it the Pole of Cold. It's inside. Yeah, you go into Google Maps, and, and you find this place, and then you zoom out, zoom out. There's nothing around it, really. And everybody knows Siberia, frozen tundra. They have to, like, it's all built on permafrost. Like, it's, it's perpetually cold. So I get the people who live there all the time adapting a little bit. But how does somebody come from another part of the world and run it and survive? Like, the amount of, when you played that video, the amount of uh, their breath you saw, it was like they were a steam engine plowing, plowing along. Like, they weren't even breathing hard. It was just a constant stream of smoke coming out of their breath. It was incredible. Yeah, imagine being American. You're right, ready to go. You have all your gear, your goo packs, and then like your goo packs become <laughs> lollipops because you're like shit, they're frozen. And then you're <laughs> like, all right, you 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 thought you're gonna sh- shred clothes, and you're like, nope, all right, I need like no putting on clothes. You're adding clothes. Yeah, you're, yeah. To start. <laughs> you're adding. Would clothes you rather over time? Ne- negative fifty three or a hundred and twenty five? What would you rather run a marathon in? You had to do it. Uh, probably negative 53 because I'll just be like, I'm cold and I'm just going to jog and I'm just going to walk and I'm just going to get through it. Whereas like 125, I'm like, I'm going to die if I move, like I can't move my body if I, I'll die if I move my body. Yeah. And you can always add clothes. I would be looking like the Michelin man by the time the starting gun went off. Whereas (laughs) if it's really, really hot. There's a limit to how many clothes you can, you can only take off all of your clothes. And then at that point, yeah. uh, at that point it's over. Uh, it's over. yeah, I, I, I have, I have respect for, for this group. Again, I just, the spectators though, that's a hardy group out there, um, as well. Uh, Anthony brings up, this is a fun story. I, we have to, we should dig more into this for some, this is a track tennis crossover. Did you see this Gordon? Bridget Foster Hilton, uh, Jamaican elite track and field athlete is now a pretty good tennis player. Really? Have you seen that? Yeah. We'll, we'll dig into it more when we have some time, but I thought that was pretty, pretty exciting. Cause all the uh, crossover is such and such goes into track and how would they do in the hundred or this soccer yeah. player ran this many kilometers per hour for four meters. Could they beat Usain Bolt? Who's to say, I don't know. Probably they could probably beat Usain Bolt. That makes sense. And now we have a, someone coming from track into another sport. That's fun. Well, there's a local runner from Austin, Sarah Lancaster. She made the semis in the 1500 and she, she's run like 15, 20 in the 5k. She was a D one tennis player. So she went from tennis to track, picked up track late. Yeah. So, but go, go from track to tennis. That's a, it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother world. Yeah. Is this guy good? Is he at the Australian open right now? No, Bridget Foster Hilton. Oh, 
Bridget Fosco. Okay. Is she good? Yeah. Is she a uh, That's what I'm saying. I need to I need to to dig in more here. I mean, she was a high hurdler for Jamaica. I don't know if here's the Jamaican Gleaner article. Let me see. It's loading. I just bring this up because Anthony brought it up in the chat. I didn't I didn't have it. Uh let's see. Yeah. Someone will have to tell us in the chat. Tennis is pretty you know, it's straightforward, right? You you play the qualifier tournaments. If you do well enough in those, you you move up to the to the big show. It's, it's not like I guess some people get wild cards sometimes into into events, but you got to really prove yourself. It's not like say the Mount Sac hundred where they're like, "Hey, DK Metcalf, you get a lane. Go ahead, run the hundred, see what happens." What What do you think it would be like if? We conducted a U.S. Championships the way a tennis major is conducted. And what I'm saying is we have a descending order list of 128 mm-hmm. 100-meter runners. Yeah, The top runner races the guy ranked 128th, and we just do a bracket. There's no eight-lane final. Everything is just head-to-head races, and it's just elimination. So you end up having to run I don't know how many times over – yeah, the period, but like basically a track meet where it's bracket style. One. Oh, I see what bracket. you mean. Yeah, so I everyone just races mean. one person at a time, and winner moves on, regardless of how fast or how slow it is. Just winner moves on. Let's do that. Let's do that as a hypothetical on the pod. Sometimes we'll do it for the um, hundred, and we'll do it for the eight hundred. How about that? Would part of you think it would be more exciting? I feel like it might be more exciting. Well, it'd be more tiring for the athletes. That's for sure. It's like, hey, 64 people, you need to run six 100-meter races. I mean, it would be kind of cool, like the guy going against Bolt in the first round, the 64th seed. <laughs> but, like, it's yeah, it's six races, but the first run for the top people is not going to be that hard, I don't think. I mean, yeah. unless number 64 is like, I'm going to run. That's fat, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It'd be cool because then you get upsets and you're like, oh, well, like. Yeah. I mean, it would take forever. You could only do it if the uh, sport was literally three events. Just that. Or, or something. Yeah. And I, for the 1500, it would get boring. Anything above, heck, even anything above the 400 would be, the one versus 64 would be not very exciting in the 5K. I'll tell you that much. I would not be <laughs> tuning into that. That's a lot of fun. Hey, that's what it's like when you go to some of these track meets, though. The, like Mount Sac, yeah. where there's like, 12 10 Ks, it feels like a, yeah. a dual meet yeah. bracket style elimination. You need to figure out how to have multiple like sections going on at the same time. That's what you need to do. Like these two people are racing the 5,000 and they get like a they start and then it's like a wave start, but then that would be really confusing. Which or brings we, me to my run, and it, you run like you what? run like the four, you know, how like people are at March Madness, you're watching like four basketball games at once. There's yeah. there's eight lanes, right? So just have two then a space, two, space, two, right? Yeah. So you have three yeah. races going yeah. down at the same time. And then just like, all right, the winner of the two head-to-head person. Okay. Tariq says Bridget Foss Hilton is going to play in her first international tournament in a week or so. So we'll update on that okay. show. He says too early to evaluate her again. Uh, and he says, here goes Gordon with his what ifs. Bill says Gordon's drunk. That's, but see here. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll outdo Gordon. 
with an idea I have. And this is about NFL overtime. So it's not track specific, but people are talking about overtime because the, the Chiefs and the Bills, coin toss has too much weight on the outcome. So people are like, who should get the ball first? How do you weight it? Solution, both teams get the ball. You wheel out a second field. Win-win. You in? First team to score wins. So it's like you're racing or against just, each other. Whoever I like scores this. the most in 10 minutes. No, no, no. I like where Gordon's going. Both offenses one and both defenses are playing at the same time. That's what's happening. And they're on... Yeah. They're on the same field, but they're each going a different direction. Exactly. Right? So they all start, they start like the 50-yard line, back-to-back. And then whoever gets the end zone first wins. Or turnover. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking you literally have a second. It's like the metaverse. You have a second field or something somehow. Uh, I don't know if it's floating at some point or it's next door. And you, you get the cameras over there too. And then you just whoever scores the most in 10 minutes wins. But I want... No, but I you, want you want, you want 44 most- guys on one field. I want them playing, but I also want this. I, I thought of it. I want there to be unlimited downs, right? So you get as many downs sure. as you want. So there's no turnover on downs. Of downs. And it's just first one to score. So there's a speed element to it. So you're not going to like take your time in a huddle, all right? Second down, yeah, what yeah, are you yeah. do? You want to get to the end zone before the other team gets to their end zone. So it's not about – and you don't need to worry about, you know, inter- like – uh, you know, not getting a fourth down conversion because you have limited attempts to get into the end zone. So basically you start, you're saying each team starts at the 40 back-to-back or the 50 back-to-back and they go the opposite direction? Yeah, exactly. Like a going, bit of, oh, all right. They're going oh, away like from this? each other and the first one score wins. Or each team selects 10 athletes and they all do one of the events in a decathlon Okay. And then yeah, whoever yeah, scores yeah. the most points go. wins. So you know your your O lineman like throws the shot. Your your cornerback mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is like right, doing the hurdles. Your you know yeah. your quarterback is throwing the javelin. And they all you basically you do a decathlon and you select your all star decathlon team and then they compete on the track meet. And then that's how we decide who won the NFL game. Imagine I'm never like, going to be able event, to. You know like, yeah, fifteen hundred. The two kickers are just like. Shown their endurance, you know. <laughs> I'm never going to be able to come up with an idea dumber than you because just when I think I do, you're able to just come over the top. You're like the Mahomes of ridiculous ideas. It's just one upping constantly. I should stop. I should stop trying. I'm going against the goat here. Uh whoops, Mike's falling. Um, we should we should juxtapose jux juxtapose. Is that the word? Juxtapose. Juxtapose. Grant Holloway running. Yeah. A 110 meter hurdle race, mm-hmm. and then Patrick Mahomes driving 13 seconds to score a field goal, like right next to each other. I'm going to do that. I'm going to find well, the clip. Except he's he stopped though, didn't he? I oh, you're saying he had 13 seconds. The word is super. Yeah, I'm just going to put together. Oh, that's going to be a really fun thing. I'm going to put together. Watch Grant Holloway run 110 hurdles in the time that they kicked the field goal to win. I'm going to do that right now. That's going to be my project. Put it on Twitter. We got other we got other stuff we got other stuff to do, Gordon. You can't be doing that. Uh, what's the word, Colt? You should be in charge of corrections with Gordon's. That's uh the word is superimposed that we were looking for there, not juxtapos. (sighs) Juxtapos. Colt's gonna be Colt's gonna be stat boy by the end. We're just gonna send him corrections. (laughs) Juxtapos. All right, Gordon's already working. Uh, we're done.
people still think you're drunk. Um, Blowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. We'll talk Wednesday. More Milrose. More news. Thanks to Colt for producing. Subscribe if you haven't yet to the Flowtrack Podcast. Become a member. Join. Get exclusive content. We'll talk to you guys later.